What's up, Sandies? We are back. It's uh, another episode of Sand, a podcast about Dune. We are your hosts. I'm Lance Gilstrap, and with me is Molly Moore. Molly, how are you? Oh, well, I'm doing okay, Lance. Pretty good. How are you? (laughs) Well, you're doing okay, pretty good. Pretty good. Well, okay, and good. Yes. Fine, as well. (laughs) Yes. For those not in the know, we live in Austin, Texas, and we just had our own little uh, reverse Arrakis here. We, <laughs> yeah. We had a snow-covered city. <laughs> yeah. And, we were uh, Arrakis's opposite. Yes, and it was, um, mm-hmm. I'd say, quite draining for all the residents of the city. Yeah. Pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we sound a little shook, <laughs> that that's, I think that's what's going on. We're all kind of coming down off of, off of uh, having no water or electricity or whatever combination of that groceries. Food. Yes. Yeah. Sanity. That was a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're here. We're we're recording, and uh, we're back to bring you the next four chapters of Children of Dune, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited to talk to you about movies. Hell yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, we wa- I watched I watched a few movies this week. Okay, do you want to you want to list yeah. first? Oh yeah, sure. I'll jump right into them. Yeah. Let's see. So I watched Twilight, The Italian Job, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, The Skeleton Key, The Night Stalker, and seasons three and four of Search Party. Oh okay, all right. Mm-hmm. You watched two seasons of Search Party. Yeah. Nice. That was like day one of the snow, and I was just like kind of in shutdown mode <laughs> already. So, okay, well, I guess first I'll just talk about Search Party because it was really great. I watched the first two seasons a long time ago because, yeah, they had a huge gap. Mm-hmm. It's a show that was on TBS. It's about hipster New Yorkers who kind of solve <laughs> a... Well, they, they set out to solve the disappearance of a girl they kind of knew in college and it becomes sort of a scooby-doo-esque you know mystery search party thing search party mm-hmm. and then it goes into wilder and more existential directions it's great because season two season one is like the scooby-doo season season two's like mm, i don't remember season two to be honest <laughs> i'm just gonna pass past that one season three is like the courtroom drama and season four is well i won't spoil it but it gets really fun and yeah I loved it it just gets better and better so it's it's so good I feel like if I was told like oh it lampoons hipster millennials I would be like okay grandpa like goodbye (laughs) pass but it's really sharp and it I also heard somebody describe it as like oh law and order for comedians 
just in like the amount of cameos and like oh, it's right. sort of a rite of passage I think for a lot of comedians right now to be on so yeah New York comedians they get a they mm-hmm. get a show up and they there. finally <laughs> get, a, yeah. get something to do I also enjoy that show I felt like so you, so you you're caught up you watched everything mm-hmm. now yeah. I feel like season four is much better than season three Agreed. I was like because season three was just getting I mean it's not a spoiler to say the show gets dark yeah. And I feel like season three was just like, let's just see how dark we can get this mm-hmm. and how bad we can make us feel for a comedy is a little bit of a tough pill to swallow. But mm-hmm. I feel like season four, like, found that fun a little bit more mm-hmm. while remaining dark. I will say, yes, I'm glad you said that because, I mean, also it was a weird watch, like, leading right into this extremely surreal week because it's a very <laughs> destabilizing show, really, when also, like... It's very recognizable. So I don't know. I definitely left feeling like really weird after watching both of the seasons. But yeah, yeah, season three is almost like unrelentingly dark. Let's see. What the hell? I'm feeling like talking about the skeleton key. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It was probably my favorite movie I watched all week, even though. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I know it was like I understand why the reviews are so bad because nothing happens that's very interesting like the and the way they do the scares there's no scares basically and they just do a lot of like physical like it's supposed to be a supernatural story it's Kate Hudson is in Louisiana and she's wearing really cool clothes from um, like the mid 2000s which is probably why I liked it so much. And she's a hospice nurse, and she goes and lives at this, like, spooky swamp house and learns its history. And they're supposed to be ghosts afoot. Everybody's just openly talking about them (laughs) from pretty much the beginning. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't very good trickery. Nobody crawls on the ceiling or anything. Um, There's very little ghost action which you find out well i won't there there is a there's a like a twist in it yeah there's a good there's a twist and i was like oh yeah okay (laughs) so you said it's your favorite movie that you've watched and then then proceeded to (laughs) explain that it doesn't sound very good why why it's bad yeah i mean it's not scary it's not scary (laughs) and at the end you're like oh okay yeah, yeah. there's this big twist, and it is kind of like, oh, yeah, I was close, <laughs> like really close, but not quite there. I just, I don't know. It was like, usually when I'm stressed out, I like to watch scary movies, but I don't like being that scared. So it was like a perfect, like, okay, I'm like in a scary movie house feeling, but I'm not actually like having consequences from it. So that's why I liked it. Nice. I mean, yeah. I so it's not fair for me to really shit on this movie because <laughs> the, when I watched it, we watched it for a bunch of us used to do this thing called Bad Movie Night. Oh, mm-hmm. where we'd watch movies knowing that they're going to be bad and make fun of it the whole time. Mm-hmm. You can kind of make a movie seem terrible if you gang up on it like that. <laughs> so, so it's like it, it's hard for me to say like. Oh, that's a terrible movie because, of course, we were just like making fun of it the whole time mm-hmm. and we're looking for things to hate about it. It being boring was a, a problem, though. Yeah. I did find it to be boring. From the director of Hackers and K Pax. K Pax. Oh my God. Wow. K Pax looms so large in my, in my, 
like subconscious. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Huge. I've not seen it, but like I feel like I was maybe 15 or something when the preview came out. And I was just like really like it's like I could never figure out exactly what the preview was trying to tell me and just K Pax. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like I see K Pax and then like Kevin Spacey. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a it's like an archetype for me in my in my subconscious. It just sticks it sticks in your head. Yeah. Uh, um so I guess I'll ask you about since I also watched this movie, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Oh yeah. This was also a movie that a bunch of us like have. I I had to take in people <laughs> during yes. the ice storm because I had electricity. Uh, this is before the pipe burst. We stayed as far as far away from each other as we could in our living room and watched Barb and Star go to Vista Belmar while the world crumbled around us. <laughs> yeah, just like nervously laughing. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed it. You compared it to Austin Powers. I heard that comparison a few times. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, it's because it's literally like an Austin Powers movie. <laughs> like there's yeah. a Dr. Evil character and a yes. secret layer. And like mm-hmm. these are mosquitoes that eat you, but it's like a laser shark or like sharks with acid or whatever with like. A- mm-hmm. Yeah. So but I didn't care. I love that. That's fun. Yeah, to, okay, this is too much. Probably TMI, I might cut this, but my, my sister's dog had seizures for a whole day, and then I watched this, oh. so that was kind oh, of... Oh, no, that's not an ideal <laughs> way to go into a comedy. It kind of wasn't, although at that point, honestly, I like drank some whiskey and kind of like settled into it, and... I appreciated it, although I wasn't like really just, it didn't totally get me into the laugh zone. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. But, but I did really enjoy it and I loved the colors and um, some of the things actually really did make me laugh. Like both Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumlow are the, they're like, this is their first project since Bridesmaids. And I love seeing them just play off of each other. And I thought they were so charming. And there actually were a few lines that I was like, ah, ha, yes, (laughs) funny. (laughs) (laughs) But I was in a I was in a pretty weird state. I think if you watch it again in a different mindset, you would like it more. Yeah, I do think it is one of the movies, those movies where you're going to hate it or or really like it. Yes. Because it's such a specific thing. And if that's not your thing, you're just going to be like, why am I watching this? Why do people like this? And I get it. I totally get it if if you're that type of person. Totally. That's but not even a type of person. It's just it's just about it's about taste. Yeah, if it hits you and you're like, yes, okay, this is I'm understanding yes. what they're doing, why they're doing it, it's not annoying me. <laughs> then, <laughs> right. <laughs> then it's great. And I'm totally I did love it. And I think, you know, when it's cheaper, I, you're right that it'll be good to revisit. All right. So those are my films. I will say I did like oh, the okay. Italian job. Um, okay. My movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw The China Syndrome. Mm. I saw Roxanne. Mm. I saw Devs, the whole s- series. Talk Radio. Misery. The Thin Man. And, you know, also uh, Barbara Star go to Vista Del Mar as well. Oh, cool. Wow. Fun list. I will talk about, okay, the China Syndrome, which has Jane Fonda, Hmm. who's like doing a news story. Like she's a reporter 
but they always stick her with a, like the the boring jobs because she's a woman <laughs> and she goes to do like a fluff piece on a nuclear power plant and while she's there something goes really bad a fluff bad. piece yeah <laughs> what kind of fluff piece could you do well, nuclear energy was really new at the time. There, yeah. it, so it was just like a tour of the nuclear power plant. Mm-hmm. It was like a, hey, check out the new power plant. Like that mm-hmm. kind of piece. Look like it wasn't a buttons. like hard hitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is just like a let's let's talk about nuclear power and how great it is. Mm-hmm. But then they do secretly shoot some footage while this like kind of near disaster is happening. And then, you know, of course, it's like from there, it's like, who's going to stop them from airing this footage? And like, you know, there's people out to kill them and all that good stuff. Like mm-hmm. that that type of movie is. Journalistic uh, it's really good. thriller. What was kind of crazy, though, is yeah. they, in the movie, they go into detail and explain how a meltdown would happen and what would happen if there was a meltdown. <gasps> and they describe exactly what happens in Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, crazy, like Chernobyl. And then I was like, Oh, no, this movie came out, like, 10 years before Chernobyl happened. <laughs> so it was, like, just, they just step-by-step step said exactly what ha- ended up happening in Chernobyl. Whoa. Yeah. Damn. That is kind of, that is crazy, because it's just, like, yes. oh, this stuff really happens. And it's weird that you were watching this as our infrastructure totally melted down, and I kept seeing everybody, uh, <laughs> or I saw a lot of comparisons to the Soviet Union <laughs> about, mm-hmm. like, how bad our grid failed. And so, interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. A little a little jarring. Yeah, that's so weird that, I don't know, like, things routine, like, it's like, yes, you can understand how a machine works, and that that machine will reliably fall apart. (laughs) Like, I don't know, that the knowledge is out there. It's just the fact that, like, we know exactly how horrible it would be if this specific thing went wrong. Mm -hmm. And we're all just crossing our fingers that it doesn't (laughs) Mm -hmm. go wrong. And at the same time, we're telling each other, well, it'll never happen. And then, of course, it it did. It did. (laughs) It literally (laughs) happened. Yeah. Horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a horrible, horrible disaster like beyond nightmare status i couldn't watch chernobyl like every time it's like way too intense it's very intense and it is not yeah it is not for yeah it's not a feel-good show i loved it but the whole time i was like oh jesus christ no Mm -hmm. yeah it's very hard to watch i guess i'll also talk about devs yes please oh that was what i was gonna ask have you have you seen devs Mm -mm. well if you decide to watch it i would love to have a conversation it's one of those shows where i'm just like kind of dying to talk to people about it but it's so much like it's so easy to spoil it you can Mm -hmm. just so quickly spoil the show it's uh guy that garland uh, yeah alex garland uh, wrote and directed the the whole series and it does like play as one piece it doesn't feel like oh this is just season one of a continuing story it plays like one piece and has like a beginning middle and end um, which i really liked about it it's very sci-fi heady uh the way that his movies are it has a like a very some very stanley kubrick movies the way his movies do mm-hmm. it has that just like kind of mind fuck uh feel to it it also has the lead in it her name is i'm looking it up right now sonoya mizuno mm-hmm. i hadn't seen her in anything else although she is in Ex, the skeleton key. Okay. <laughs> she's the skeleton key. 
Who did she play? Um, the she is in Ex Machina. She is Kyoko. I believe that's the robot. Oh, really? His sex robot. I know Ava's the robot, right? No, there's the other Alicia one that doesn't talk. Vikander. Oh, yeah, that's who it is. Yeah. That's who it is. Mm-hmm. Well, so she reminded me so much of uh, Rami Malek in this like weird like weird it's weird it's not like her mannerisms are the same it's just this weird thing where you're like if you were to like just describe this performance you'd be like it's wooden and emotionless Mm -hmm. and it just seems like they're just playing words in their head and reading it off a screen that's in their brain and they don't seem like a (laughs) real person Uh (laughs) but at the same time there's just something that like makes you glued to this performance because you're like this is so weird. <laughs> yeah. Just like it doesn't make sense to me, and I don't know like what it is about Rami Malek that I'm like I like it's Rami that Malek. He sucks his bottom lip for me. <laughs> he sucks his bottom lip. <laughs> yeah, he's it. always sucking his bottom lip. He's always like, oh, he does do that. Well, he has an yeah. overbite, but yeah, he has an overbite. But I like that. Like it. Yeah. It's to me that's what I'm captivated by. <laughs> I think it's like, and, and for her as well, it's mm-hmm. almost like every moment they act as if they just learned some some devastating news mm. and they don't mm-hmm. know how to process it. Oh. Like not, not the like they're sad about it. Like they don't know, they don't understand how to process it. And you're trying to distract them by talking about other things. And so they're just like very removed from the situation. <laughs> yeah, his performance in The Little Things was so weird. Like the entire uh-huh. time was just so so bizarre, but that's a good well, description. A, yeah, he plays it like he does in Mr. Robot, yeah. just like this, like kind of just weird, like weird disconnected guy. It was like I don't know who you are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm told this is the new like chief of police in L.A. or something, like this big shot hotshot guy who. By all accounts, should just be like a pretty chill, I don't know, like very capable man. But this person mm-hmm. was totally thrown off and made terrible decisions the entire time. Anyway, we're not talking about that movie, but his performance <laughs> was really weird. Like I was like, I feel like this is, you somehow like killed the guy who is going to play this role like 10 minutes before y'all started <laughs> filming yeah the, i mean that one of the weird weird things about that movie the little things was that he's playing essentially a very he's a very similar role as he is in mr robot but in mr robot he's like this programmer that mm-hmm. has this like kind of cra- crazy life and he has kind of some struggles with mental health but then they just transplanted that exact like feel to this like <laughs> cool rookie cop yeah that should be played by like he's clearly like the Brad Pitt in Seven. Like, yes, yes, yes. And the, but they let him play it like Mr. Robot, the character from Mr. Robot. <laughs> so weird. Uh, anyway, Devs is great. Devs, okay, yeah. <laughs> so can you give like one line about what it's about? Yeah. So a woman and her boyfriend work for this software company, a giant software company, and the boyfriend gets gets pulled into this special project, and then he disappears whatever they, it's very obvious they kill him they show you okay. they show it happens it's not a mystery he, <laughs> yeah. they kill him and she's like unraveling the mystery the whole show um. is her unraveling the mystery and then what this special project is like what is it they're working on that's what they, they call it devs and that's what devs is the special project wasn't just murdering him no okay. no cool no that All was right. just like a little piece of it Ooh, that does sound good i'd like to know about talk radio 
because that's the only one <laughs> okay. I haven't heard of. Okay. Talk Radio is an Oliver Stone movie, mm-hmm. and it is about a, like, shock jock DJ. Mm-hmm. And it's almost shot. It, it almost feels kind of like a play because it's so much of it just takes place in this radio studio. I mean, hmm. there, there's stuff that's outside of it, but it a lot of it takes place in this radio studio. And he's just kind of honestly, it's really just about him kind of losing his losing his mind. You kind of get glimpses <laughs> of of him, how he got to where he is, and how he like how he started, and why why he's where he is where he is. And he's very exploitive. Like he likes to take weird calls or whatever. But then the calls he starts to take, he he like gets a caller that like talks about how he wants to rape a woman mm. on the on the phone, and like the guy like it's it's him kind of like playing with like how exploitive will he go? Does he really like care about these people? Does he not care about them? Like, is he gonna play up his like funny like I don't give a shit about anybody persona? Uh, and then he like as he does this, he kind of like slowly slowly loses his mind a little bit, kind of mm. loses it interesting a whole howard stern takedown or something yeah i mean the guy is like has this deep voice and he kind of does a kind of a has has a howard stern kind of attitude or energy Mm -hmm. which i almost called (laughs) adergy yeah a new term um Mm -hmm. cool that sounds good it sounds uh it does sound like a play it definitely sounds like you know, an artistic exploration of a cultural aspect. <laughs> <laughs> Howard Stern recently came out as a uh, free Britney, so. Oh, okay, okay, cool, mm-hmm. cool. I, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that's where that was going. With <laughs> Howard Stern recently came out as. Yeah, he could come out as so much. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we jump into some Children of Dune? Yes, we shall. Reading we read chapters. The- yeah. Yeah. Five, Five through eight. Right. We start with Jessica mm-hmm. landing on Arrakis in... Okay. I would love to talk about where they are because it was difficult to picture. Mainly the thing that I found difficult to picture was uh, that this sitch above the sand, Paul's kind of like Empire Palace... Mm-hmm. They said that it could fit multiple cities inside of this building. Yeah. Like, what? Right. <laughs> it's just a really big building, like a huge palace. I mean, I guess you could say that, like, a castle could fit, Okay. you know, multiple cities in it, right? Yes. Because it's just a bit, it, like, covers a lot of area. Right. I don't know. I don't know if the whole thing is roofed, if it's, like, one big <laughs> building or if there's, like, walls. And roofed. Like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, roofed. Roofed, yes, good word. Roofed? Roofed? <laughs> With roof? Be roof. Be roofed. Be roofed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the question. Yeah. Because they do make, you know, he mentions again these huge doors that still, like, engineer wise, I don't understand how they'd be able to accomplish. But so a roof goes with a door um, often. <laughs> goes with the door (laughs) so i'm just saying like yeah it could it could be like a castle where you know it's the walls and then all the peasants and everybody live inside those walls and conduct their business yeah i guess i just imagined a giant 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 house yeah i mean that's what i was imagining (laughs) but i'm still imagining made out of stone 
Yeah, it says it's part plasteel, though, right? Plasteel. <laughs> Is that what they call it? Yeah, I just didn't really think about that word. Plasteel. God. Yeah. I love when he just is like, okay, here. so we're making it out of plasteel, this giant engineering feat that nobody could accomplish, like, on Earth. It is without machines we're doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, without know. robots. Without robots. Well, okay. Yeah, they have so machines. Yeah, they have machines. They have no computers. No computers, right. A bulldozer is a machine, not a computer. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I also, one thing I, I kind of clocked here is that I feel like Frank Herbert is just sometimes just fucking with the, with That's what I mean, the way yeah. to write something. Yeah. Like, and, oh. Yeah, but mm-hmm. like, so instead of saying it's 10 a.m., yes. it says it lacked two hours until <laughs> yeah. noon. I underlined that. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it lacked two hours until noon. I did think that Jessica might talk like that. Yeah, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I was getting Katherine Hepburn vibes from her in this oh. chapter. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could see it. Yeah, I could see some, like, older Catherine Hepburn. Older, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and she's kind of, like, looking at Alia, like, down her nose. <laughs> exactly. Her nose is, mm-hmm. like, she's turned her nose up a little mm-hmm. bit at everybody. I love that she gets there, and immediately she's, like, pissed that Irulan's still hot. <laughs> I know! Oh, my God. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. What did she say? Irulan seemed not to have aged a day. It was an affront. <laughs> Right, it was an affront. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, well, <laughs> this is productive. It was mm-hmm. funny though, and then, but later I was like, okay, so she must be mad at Irlan because, you know, if the Duke had married for politics like Paul did, then he would have married an Irlan type person. So maybe he, she's like putting herself in that position. Yeah, maybe so. I just feel like she just doesn't like anybody right now. No. I mean, she even says that, that she should feel for Irulan because Irulan, and because they're in the same position, they both lost their husbands. Like lost the ones they love. But Yes. Yeah. I think that she feels threatened by Irulan because, yeah, she thinks, you know, she's jealous of that whole like insecure about the concubine business. It's that old Jessica problem. <laughs> Also, Irlan's the only one raising her grandchildren. Both of their parents died. That's right. And Jessica's just like, ugh, she looks so young and pretty. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, this is just, we're immediately getting the cold version of Jessica I kind of was afraid we were going to Mm -hmm. get based on what had been said up to this point. Because she gets there and immediately sees Aaliyah's Society of the Faithful and she's like, that place must go. <laughs> yeah. And then she sees Aaliyah and is like, yep, yeah, she's an abomination. <laughs> I know. Yeah. She just sees her quickly. Horrible. Horrible. So I was th- doing it in Catherine Hepburn's voice. Going, uh, horrible. Horrible. <laughs> How does she talk? She goes, oh, well, Aaliyah. No, I can't do it. All right. It's- I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it was an affront. Mm-hmm. The forbidden way. So it was fun. That made me like her more. Her thinking of her as like a Catherine Hepburn type. 
I will say at the beginning, so she lands and she's kind of taking stock of being back on Arrakis for the first time since since all the mischief happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she says that the years in between don't feel like they've counted, which was a lovely sentiment, really. She came back and she feels like no time has passed. And they, right. Yeah, that time is dead inside of her. And I felt like that was, an, like, whenever I enter back into society (laughs) like nowadays that's how i feel like i'm like oh okay i can immediately forget the entire year 2020 pandemic time so it was nice having some language to that yeah that resonates oh so she reveals that she had planted a rumor about Mm -hmm. herself classic before she got there (laughs) classic benny jesuit business yeah she's full benny jesuit right now and she shows up and immediately like puts her arms out and tells everybody to bow mm-hmm. and and everybody gets down but there's people that don't get down fast enough <laughs> this is the way I, I read this like three times trying to understand this operation that happened yeah i don't understand like why yeah they said there were some stragglers so i imagined mm-hmm. it like people doing the wave <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's how i, I imagine it too yeah. mm-hmm. but it seemed like that was part of this like operation to find out who is possibly there to try to kill her or hurt her because gurney and all his men charge Mm -hmm. and take down all these people Mm -hmm. and i guess stilgar's men some of stilgar's men also show up and help yeah and that this was some kind of pre-planned operation that pisses Aaliyah off well yeah because they didn't exactly explain why they needed to do this or what they were targeting yeah the they say with significant pockets of tardiness. That was a phrase that I did not understand. I was like, well, why are you telling me? Did they just not hear? Were they not paying attention? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, right. What is, That's what confused purpose? me. I couldn't mm-hmm. tell if it was a separate thought. Like, oh, well, some, some people didn't kneel as fast as others. <laughs> also, They're there was older. this raid where they, they swept and, and picked up all these people that had weapons and stuff. Or was he saying... The people who didn't sit down as fast were the ones that were clearly going to harm her. And so that's who they went and grabbed up. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe that makes sense in a Benny Jesuit kind of way. Yeah, maybe so. Sort of. I don't really think it worked. <laughs> like, I don't understand how this would work. And I thought the the rumor she planted was one of their weaker rumors. That she's there to, what was it, uh, to weed out the slackers. Yeah, weed out the slackers. (laughs) Okay, Richard Linkletter. Yeah. Yeah. So the way I understood it was that she had planted this rumor that they were going to do this, basically. That she would show up and Gurney and his men, somehow they would grab a bunch of people and weed out, Mm -hmm. you know, weed out some people. So I don't know if it was just fulfilling that prophecy like that was part of it i think she's alpha dogging yeah alpha dogging Uh uh-huh yeah i think she's (laughs) just like showing like i'm here i'm in charge now i'm doing my own thing she's being such a bitch to Aaliyah. and nobody is like and the way even frank herbert is writing Aaliyah right now it's like we don't even know who she is and we're just supposed to all hate her right well Aaliyah was not seeming very cool at the beginning of this either no no yeah yeah I know, she's kind of lost her uh, level 11 skill set. <laughs> Remember, she got to like level oh, yeah. 11. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
really turned Paul on. Yeah, when she like yeah got all naked and sweaty and <laughs> turned Paul on. So she does end up seeing Stilgar again, and it seems like there's immediately a little bit of heat between them. There's something oh, yeah. going on there. She even says, though Gurney's there. You studied me pretty well in those old days, still. Yeah. That's good. A little steamy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then right as that's happening, Aaliyah shows up and she's super cold to her. Yeah. Well, she says she ignores her. First, she just ignores yeah. her. And yeah. then um, Jessica's like, well, I can't even pretend that I don't think she's an abomination, which we I don't know how she could tell. Do mm-hmm. you Do you know how she could tell? I mean, just using her Benny Gesserit ways or whatever. Right. That's when I was like, oh, okay, Jessica has become full Benny Gesserit because she just is seeing what the Benny Gesserit want her to see, I guess, on Aaliyah. Right. I mean, like, she had originally betrayed the Benny Gesserit or whatever, but she's at least still using Benny Gesserit training because she mm-hmm. trained Gurney, uh, like, how to use his. What, what are those skills called? Those tricks? <laughs> those little tricks. <laughs> Little, little fighting tricks so uh, she's still using Benny Gesserit training and like mm-hmm. so she it seems that she is full fully Benny Gesserit again yeah which makes sense you know what else is she gonna do the rest of her family's dead except for her child and her grandchildren <laughs> but whatever she doesn't seem very loyal to them I will admit I'm not gonna reveal anything but I will admit that I was curious about what abomination meant and and went to go look it up and learned a little too much Mm. like so i do think i know what it does mean as far as (laughs) ali is concerned okay yeah i don't want to find out yet yeah i don't want to know what i'm confused about still though is that shouldn't stillgar be loyal to aliyah and isn't jessica being pretty open about just wanting to destroy this whole religion of paul's well aliyah like straight up asks him and he says he's loyal to the children it's kind of weird like Aaliyah gets kind of no respect from anybody no Aaliyah gets so freaking shafted which is bizarre because like all of these people like worship her like right all these people here like she has her own church yeah and it's cities wide huge I said this last episode but that her whole existence is basically an insult because she should have been chosen first that was like the right mm-hmm. order of things was for her to be the firstborn Paul never to exist. But instead, mm-hmm. she's disrespected on every level at all times. <laughs> I know I need hate to come back and I don't know, give her at least one person. I mean, he's going to, right? Because we we know that he's in this. We just haven't mm-hmm. seen him, just heard what he said. Yes. Yeah. So then Jessica meets these priests. <laughs> yeah. Javid and... Z- Zebalalef, Zebatalef, Zebatalef. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Zebatalef. Javin. Uh, I love Javin. I, I just think that's a great name. I knew a guy named Javid. I mean, it's spelled with it was an E D instead of an I D. Mm-hmm. But I I went to school with a guy with a Javid. Nice. But yeah, this Javid looks like David with a J, mm-hmm. like Javid. Javid and Zebatalef. Yeah. Yeah. As always, he's like good with the names. She seems to think that Javid is the dangerous one. She has all kinds of things to say. Javid really strikes a chord with Jessica. She is obsessed with Javid. <laughs> yeah, she's obsessed. She says there's something so attractive about him and magnetic and yet so repellent. And she's just like yeah. pulled towards him. <laughs> yeah. Every, she's got like 
nine different schemes going on the second she sees him. <laughs> yeah, it's like me and Rami Malek. Yes, it's you and Rami Malek. <laughs> Actually, yes, I think I did kind of picture Javid as a Rami Malek sort of looking person. <laughs> yeah, but these priests are like apprentices or supporters or whatever of, of Aaliyah's. Yes. And she immediately like marks them, marks Javid at least, to as... Gurney. As in like, go follow them, track them, make sure, you know, keep keep tabs on them. And then Javid immediately knows that she did this. Yes, but she also seems to think that Javid is not loyal to Aaliyah and would be easily mm-hmm. broken right. and wants to um, quickly like get him over into their, onto their camp. I just think it's so strange that she, I guess they kind of knew this, that Jessica coming was maybe mm-hmm. a sign that she wanted to take over or like, yeah. So it's interesting seeing her kind of show up and be like, all right, well, I'm going to I'm gonna take some of these people to undermine the entire uh, Fremen society right now. But She's setting up this plan that she has and she doesn't care about the people at all mm-hmm. anymore. Except yeah. for Gurney. Oh, yeah, Gurney, her, her favorite living human. Yeah, her favorite living human. <laughs> what, is, what does she call him? A lump of muscles? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. An ugly lump of muscles or An something? An ugly lump of, yeah. An ugly lump of trained reflexes. A killer. Oh. And altogether terrifying to some. <laughs> but Jessica loved him and prized him above all other living men. Living men. I know, a good distinction. Sorry, Gurney. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the best. Part of her kind of aligning, aligning herself with Javid when she decides that she wants to kind of use him as a whatever pawn mm-hmm. is that she agrees to this ceremony. The lustration. It's called the lustration. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Is, is this another orgy? It's very evocative. <laughs> the lustration. The lustration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're like so kind of anal and intense about it. <laughs> uh-huh. About yeah. going. Which is funny. And it, yeah, it's kind of this vague like priest party where they. Mm-hmm. Priest um, party. <laughs> <laughs> I what? hope we get to see this. Oh, I definitely think. Yes, of course, because otherwise, why wouldn't they just take her to the grandchildren? Like, there's yeah. this whole back and forth about Jessica's like, I don't really want to go to the lustration. And they're like, oh, but you <laughs> must. <laughs> Do I have to go to this lustration? <laughs> really? Like, did y'all just make this up? <laughs> I'm not feeling really lustrated right now. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, we will lustrate you. <laughs> Trust that that is part of the ceremony. And so Javid's like, well, you know, yeah, you really do need to go. And then we'll go see your grandkids. And so she's like, ah, he's a businessman above all else. Mm-hmm. She's like, I, that like reminded me so much of the dinner party scene. Yes. 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 Where she's like, ah, <laughs> good. We can talk business. <laughs> right. We can speak right. that language. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything else about that one? Oh, just that I like the line... When we try to conceal our innermost drives, the entire being screams betrayal. And that's the Bene Gesserit training turned upon this revelation. Yeah, that's cool. Pretty cool. For sure. Which I guess does make sense. Like, yes, that is kind of the Bene Gesserit 
you know, that nobody can uh, fake it. <laughs> and we just saw that from Javid where he, <laughs> I liked, <laughs> I liked trying to picture that where Jessica's watching Javid. First, you know, she says priestly nonsense to see how he reacts and then he right. doesn't react. And then he realizes that he's watching her not, she's watching him not uh-huh. react. And so he like kind of yeah. tries to react. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, she uses the voice. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, all right, she's using the voice already. <laughs> well, it's kind of her big, her big tool. We get to the next, the next chapter and it's, the chapter's introduced with this mm-hmm. little little blurb, which doesn't really strike me as that important, except for that it says Book of Diatribes from the Hate Chronicle. Right. Which is interesting because the first blurb in the book is from the the words of the Mintat Duncan Idaho. Right. It's just interesting that there's two He's cyborg. <laughs> yeah, there's there's two <laughs> different like they refer to him as in, in two completely different by two completely different names in two d- different books. Yeah, it is really weird. Maybe in the future, people see him as hate, and other people see him as Duncan Idaho. You know, the followers of this would clearly be on the preacher's side, I guess, because it doesn't like aberrations from, you know, ch- it doesn't like change. <laughs> right. This little saying. <laughs> yeah, we line back up with. Leto and and Ganima, mm-hmm. and Leto is almost full Paul already. Oh, he's full he's Paul. Just, <laughs> <laughs> he's just like jumped in yeah. right to those things that Paul would do, where he just like goes really like inside himself, and he's like, "You don't understand it. Everything yeah. is terrible." <laughs> he yeah. There's one part where he's like he strummed an angry chord on the balisette. Yeah, that's like, right. Oh he's wow, the it's like yeah, <laughs> it's like we never left him. Just muttering about premonitions, impressions again. Like, mm-hmm. As a woman wa- looks on, she's like, "Really? Do we have to?" <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, you know, Leto. I could also do this, but I'm choosing not to. Yeah, he has a vision, and he starts thinking about these sand trout. Yeah, he's obsessed with the sand trout. Which is another Which one he- of those like it's like putting space in front of something. Just cut like a sand <laughs> trout. Like, you're just putting the word sand in front of another animal. (laughs) Well, so a sand trout is still a worm, right? Yes. The sand trout became the worm by consuming the majority of the water. Planet. Yes. And they consumed all the water. But now he's noticing that the sand trout are going away, Mm -hmm. which by that logic, it doesn't make. It doesn't really make a lot of sense because now that there's more water, doesn't it make more sense that the sand trout would start flourishing and eating up the water and becoming well, more worms? Yeah, see, that's a good question. <laughs> He's doing a lot of funny things, you know, with... Uh, I feel like here the imagery is very clear that the water is supposed to be like, you know, our fears of apocalypse are always deserts and um, wastelands. Mm-hmm. And this apocalypse is a water-filled sort of right. ecology, right? And sand trout is a funny word for that, <laughs> um, because obviously it's got both. <laughs> I'm glad we did the disclaimer at the beginning, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, 
but that is because he seemed really distressed that the sand trout are no longer there. It seems to prove mm-hmm. that the vitality of Arrakis is going down and that mm-hmm. it will soon kind of fail as a planet or what makes it. Oh, well, the, the spice won't be produced anymore. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it reminds me of because at, at first they're like sand trout just seem like a nuisance that nobody cares about. It kind of reminds me of like the whole thing with bees, you mm-hmm. know, like everyone's like, well, bees suck. Who wants bees? But if we lost our bees, our entire ecology would fail. <laughs> right. <laughs> like on Earth. Yes. So I feel like it's that kind of that kind of thing where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, what what seems super insignificant is indeed actually very important. Yes. And then he's like, well, Aaliyah has access to this information, too. She knows about this, mm-hmm. and she's not. She's intentionally hiding it from the Fremen. She's intentionally withholding this information. Yes, because I'm assuming because that means she can. She kind of controls the spice in a way. If there's less spice, she can control the spice and have more power. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know if it's just that she doesn't understand the risk. Like Paul uh, Leto mm-hmm. seems very tapped into. The ancestors, he's, you know, understanding what could be lost by the spice being taken away. And it seems like, okay, what I got was that he, with his, like, continuous flow of ancestors, he feels kind of very connected to the past and what the past is and doesn't want that to change going forward. And Aaliyah is very invested in, you know, this change that they've made and she's, I guess it is all powerful. I guess what I feel like, and maybe it's just because the word abomination is reminding me of aberration and that like the abomination, even Paul, Paul's whole thing of going down this route to bring about like this huge change to the ecology of Arrakis is this aberration from the time continuum (laughs) that Leto is kind of talking about and is in touch with. Like, there are all these people before him, and he says, there will be somebody like me after me, mm-hmm. and that, like, it should just always kind of continue in the same way. But this shift towards green and water and changing the ecology of Dune is going to disrupt that time flow. Does that make sense? Yes, kind of. Okay. It makes sense to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he has the same feeling that Paul yeah. did. He has that same kind of sense for like, well, maybe this isn't the best, the best direction of, of things and it should take its natural course. And, and while it seemed like a good idea at first, it's not such a great idea. Well, yeah. So it's interesting why they were led towards this in the first place. If there is this bigger scheme <laughs> happening, like they couldn't see the edges of it, of what they were doing, but they felt so propelled to do it. And it's kind of like, why? And I'm, I think, I don't know. I feel like him trying to answer that right now or like working closer to that answer. Because Paul and the preacher and Leto all seem so distressed by the choice they made. And clearly everybody thinks, <laughs> I mean, like there's a, a lot of people think that things got worse with the water and that the Fremen are kind of divorced from their culture. There's nothing makes sense anymore. Like later we'll go we'll get further into it with the preacher chapter, yeah. So I'm interested why they why they did that and I don't know the trout thing is kind of weird because, like you said, 
they came and took water and like if they can't if they can use water to uh turn it into sand in the first place why can't they do that again again exactly exactly and i I don't know maybe because there's already worms so there's no room for that or something i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah but the worms happen they also said that the worms are disappearing well but that's what he's saying he's saying if the sand trout disappear so will the worms Mm -hmm. yeah one 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 leaves the other one will as well yeah maybe it's just like maybe it's too fast Maybe it's like the mm-hmm. water is just like too fast and and that's what he's noticing that, that that's going to kill off the worms as well. Yeah, they cheated. Yeah. He immediately realizes, oh yeah, Aaliyah knows this. Uh, she's intentionally withholding this information from the Fremen. Well, we can't tell the Fremen because no one's going to believe us dumb kids. <laughs> yeah. Even though, I don't know. I feel like if I were a Fremen, I would be like very interested in what these kids had to say to me <laughs> uh yeah the like the daughter the twin daughter mm-hmm. and son of my prophet and the moment yeah. they came alive he died yes i think i right. would be very interested in them and yeah. they can speak very clearly immediately and they have all these powers <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah and then leto reveals that he wants to go to jakuratu jakurata yes. Jakurata, yeah. Jakurata. A legendary uh, is, place. Yeah, well, so I don't know if, if you remember this, what the uh, planet that Ray is on at the beginning of, <laughs> of the new Star Wars trilogy, it is Jakku. <laughs> right, right, right. A sand right. planet. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's no way it's not named after that. It's no Because he even says at one point, he starts saying Jakurata, and, and mm-hmm. he stops at Jakku. <laughs> so there's no way they didn't pull that name from this book. Aw, that's kind of nice. But yeah, he wants to go to Jakurata so that he can meet with this preacher that he thinks might. Yeah, I can't Paul. wait for them to do that. Oh yeah, I'm I so want excited. them just like go on by themselves. I want them to go on like a little yeah twin adventure. <laughs> they escape the adults. They take like a little pod out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they stand on each other's shoulders with a long, long trench coat. <laughs> Yeah, and he, well, so we already said that he admits that he's, like, starting to use prescience. Yes. One thing I thought was cool was that it did sound like the sand trout were, like, communicating to Leto somehow. Well, there's just this, the line at the end of a paragraph that says, the haploid sand trout had spoken to them as human animals. And that was reminding me of mushroom fever <laughs> of today, <laughs> where like people are always like, the mushrooms are talking to me. Or like there's this theory that mushrooms do kind of communicate in human language to proliferate more mushrooms. Never heard of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's very interesting that the mushrooms can somehow tap into our language center and speak. And oh, so, I wonder where this idea came from. The idea that mushrooms can talk to us. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Okay, but there are, you know, it is an interesting theory that it's just, oh, people are compelled to take mushrooms by the mushrooms so that they can so use they can the humans. The yeah, so the, no, uh-huh. so the humans can be little mushroom spokespeople and make sure the mushrooms... <laughs> <laughs> It's like a it's like a cartoon plot, yeah. like where like the mushrooms are like we got to get people more into mushrooms, man. Yeah. How do we do it? 
Yeah, they're like they're working at a pizza place or something, and everybody's uh-huh. ordering sausage and no mushrooms, and they're like, "What's the deal? Right. You know, we're gonna go rotten." Um. Anyway, that's what I was getting from the haploid trout, the haploid sand trout. So yeah, did you have anything more on that one? Oh, just that he says, "I don't like the things I know I'll do." For the first time in my life, I understand my father. <laughs> and oh, yeah. yeah. Which is just like, okay, he's adopting this woe is me, like, yeah. Paul. Like, he's, he's no different like, the from burden, Paul. The yeah. burden. <laughs> the burden that I brought upon myself. So, yeah, that takes us to the next chapter mm-hmm. uh, where Gurney and Jessica are having one of those crazy conversations yeah, where they're their, their talking hands. about one thing out loud but they're using hand signals and every time this happens i'm like there's no way they're fooling anybody there's no way there's no way no one is noticing their like crazy wild hands that they're doing like yeah i mean even if they're just if they're doing like sign language or something cool like very effective because that was one i was like oh yeah i wonder what that looks like but (laughs) who cares what it looks like if it's supposed to be a secret language it's so (laughs) Yeah, hands is not the way. Tap I mean, or something. Yeah, tapping. Yeah, yeah tapping. tapping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could do one of those singing a song things, like, you know, how there's, like, music that can, like, send certain codes mm-hmm. to the brain. Oh, well, see, that even happened in the chapter before, because Ganema was tapping her foot, even though it, to the oh, rhythm. that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. He loves, like, a music, a little earworm, a little ear mm-hmm. sandworm that communicates... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they're just having a little combo with their with their hands very sly uh, very sly. yeah mm-hmm. so he reveals that a lot of the people they captured in their little operation were Aaliyah's yeah. uh, people and that right during interrogation they mentioned jakurata and then right after they mentioned it they would die yeah that was crazy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. A conditioned heart stopper? That's what she I love that they it. know how that would work. Oh, yeah. you do a conditioned heart stopper, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, simple. Like, the, again, this is like, because I was thinking, I heard, I overheard somebody talking about Dune the other day, and they were really enthusiastic about the whole, like, no computers thing. So now I'm really kind of paying attention to <laughs> how, if he's using computers or not, or mechanics too much, uh-huh. like, would this count as... A computer-like machine, or is it more well, no, I like think a conditioned heart stopper? Yeah, it's like is, hypnosis is like a or hip- something. Yeah. Hypnosis. Yeah, it's like they're being trained to die if they ever say that word. But how? <laughs> it's conditioned. Like, are they ever allowed to say it? And are they told they're not allowed to say it? I wonder if you would just get drunk with one of your like buddies and like dare each other to say it. <laughs> <laughs> like how far into the word can you get it? Yeah. yeah oh, you exactly. only said Jakku. <laughs> Jakku. Jakku. <laughs> it's like, oh man. And then they sneeze and just die. Jakku. Oh. No. Oh man. Yeah. So that was really pretty cool. I guess. Yeah. It's like a built-in uh, poison tooth. Uh, yeah, built-in poison tooth that mm-hmm. they don't have any control over. But why did they say it? Why did multiple of them talk of Jakaratu? Well, because they're being interrogated. That's why I'm wondering if they don't know that they'll die or if they're being interrogated and they're like, I can't 
like i have to tell you so you'll stop torturing me but i know i'm gonna die when i say it yeah but what (laughs) that seems like a pretty clear indication that that's an important thing if somebody says a word and then they die also i feel like to condition someone to die when they hear this one word Mm -hmm. means you could probably only do that for like one word yeah so like is this mission that important to where like forever it's the word is jakaratu so what happens like after this mission you just like have to be real careful about what you say and hope none of your missions have anything to do with jakaratu yeah which it sounds like it's just a common story people talk about all the time like atlantis or right. something yeah yes yes it's a fabled sketch i'm just saying that if if i'm interrogating somebody and multiple people mm-hmm. die after saying the same word I'm going to be like, maybe I should look into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's going to be the main thing I'm interested in. So, well, I think he is. I think that is what he's doing. He's like, yeah, it's kind of weird. They said Jakarajan yeah, and they die. <laughs> <laughs> Why would that serve the person who spent all this time hypnotizing them? They can't ask follow-up oh. questions, maybe? Or? Yes, yes, that's what it yeah. is. Because they're, they're, they're giving. Like, that means that they're, they're about to give out the information. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, we're headed to Jakarajan to... Oh! Oh yeah, to, yeah. Uh, <laughs> to find Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I guess also in the world of Dune, where everyone's always you know double crossing everybody, and every everything mm-hmm. is like a plan within a plan. That could also be something to lure someone oh, yeah. to Jakaratu. That could be like intentionally, like, well, if they say Jakaratu and then they die, better go there. That means they're going to show up to Jakaratu, so we can lure them there. Yeah, especially if if Aaliyah planted those people to be caught by Jessica. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Knowing because Jessica did plant her prophecy that she would be doing this. And it's not like Aaliyah would be so stupid that she would really try to kill Jessica. But maybe she would. But if Aaliyah... If Aaliyah thought the preacher was Paul, mm-hmm. it might benefit her to lure Jessica into meeting him and meeting seeing Paul? him. Paul? Yeah. Rekindle her motherly spirit or yeah, something? Maybe yeah, maybe try to pull her back to the... <laughs> to the lore the, of the Muad'Dib. Atreides line. Yeah. Because she doesn't even... It seems like she doesn't even see herself as an Atreides anymore. Because right. she talks about how... Uh, javed hates the atreides and but yeah. she's gonna use the atreides which means that she doesn't really see herself as an atreides mm-hmm. yes and she does just speak of like her old love with the duke mm-hmm. and it does feel very separate it's not like oh the father of my children right are here on earth it's just like that's her separate once he died she kind of um maybe even separated from it yeah, and then at the end of this, this is where Jessica says that Javid is conspiring against Aaliyah. Yeah. Okay, and so then we are with the Preacher. The Preacher. Woo! Next Who time has... on <laughs> <laughs> the WB. Uh, he has his eyes burned just like Paul. Right. Yeah, I know. This was funny where it's like, hmm, he's got his eyes burned out just like Paul. He's uh, blind or he's weathered just like Paul would be. He's whatever. I feel like it's almost like as Paul trying to trick us into believing it's Paul so that so that we can it can be revealed that he's not Paul. Mm -hmm. Because it's really really sounding like it's Paul. (laughs) Yeah. He answers to many names. 
Paul being one yeah. of them. Mordeeb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mehdi, to name a few. So, yeah, he's being led around by this young Fremen. Yeah. And he kind of just hangs out until these dancers start dancing. <laughs> yeah, well, I liked... Okay, so they describe him as somebody who's wearing all Fremen like clothing still suit from old the school past clothes old too. school he's yeah. super old school he's not blonde. these new yeah. shitty still suits yeah without like. a face guard like yeah <laughs> that seems well, because it makes sense it makes sense they don't they need it yeah because they, yeah mm-hmm. the the ecology has changed so they don't just don't need it as much but yeah it says from dune's past and i thought this was cool that uh you know, he's, they're talking about the Fremen looking at this blind man in interest because, you know, they they maybe don't do this now, but before they always um, offered up the blind to right. wa- the worms and says, in this modern water-rich society, that's not often done. But it would, you know, <laughs> that's as a Fremen who's now living in that society, but you know right. that tradition so deeply, it would be very weird to see a blind, you right. know, this blind man walking around. It's like, oh, that shouldn't exist. Yeah. Like and actually, I'm the one that should enforce that it doesn't exist, but I'm not going to. Right? Like, it's like... You mean like, like, they, like they don't agree that they should let the blind man live? <laughs> well, like, before, it was that the Fremen themselves would... That was the tradition, was to bring right. them and offer them to, to Shai Halud. Yeah. And right. um, now that Fremen don't, they're sort of divorced from that. They don't feel the need to offer maybe mm-hmm. something to, because the conditions are better. But like that the tradition is still kind of ingrained in them. It would just be an interesting phenomenon, I guess, to see this yes. person and be yes. like, hmm, he shouldn't exist, but who, why shouldn't he and who would do it? But it's like, right. oh, you would do it. If you were a Fremen 10 years ago. Right. Which I don't know, because then later they say, he says, some, the, with garments which simulated still suits, but were only decorative fabrics. And it was like, God, that is weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, they're appropriating like... their own culture. <laughs> there's a lot of crazy things going on here. Yes. <laughs> there's the Mahdi spirit cultists. Yes. <laughs> who are described as being in green robes and carrying live hawks trained to screech a call to heaven. So fucking cool. I was like, ooh, I want to watch that documentary. <laughs> yeah. And then those dancers yeah, were the like. Yeah, dancers. This, and oh, again, sand dancers. <laughs> <laughs> but like a full third of them dangled unconscious from the ropes, tugged <laughs> back and forth by the others like dolls on strings. This was so Burning Man-esque. Yes. All these like new agey kind of people who went and like, you know, made themselves sick (laughs) and unconscious and put themselves in bad environment just to like reach some kind of state where they felt like they were in touch with the spirit, which was so interesting because it is like exactly like Burning Man. That's what people do. They go out into the desert so that they can like lose their mind enough to not feel Mm -hmm. like they're the person that just drives to work every day (laughs) right and goes to the grocery store and then he tells everyone to silence says Mm -hmm. silence and he yells at everybody and calls them calls them blasphemers and Mm -hmm. idolaters 
Which they are. <laughs> and that sand will cover you. <laughs> Pretty cool. And they're like, yes! <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, are you Moabdeeb? And yeah. he reaches into his coat and pulls out a fucking severed <laughs> hand. <laughs> and says, I speak for the hand of God. <laughs> so crazy. Like he's a prop comic. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> he had, <laughs> he's he no mean, less that's the weird hand of God. than any of these people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's Ble- just so weird to me that they're like, oh, could you be? And he's like, I speak for the hand <laughs> of God. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, pinched you? Wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Take it up with God. <laughs> but earlier there was something about, okay, the, this uh, mummer. I don't know. What uh-huh, the mummers. The mummers. <laughs> you know, the mummers are talking about hands as well. Uh, so there's, oh. yeah, they say yeah. that uh, the universe can be grasped only by the sentient hand. And you see what you have created, you become sentient only after the hand has done its work. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Very interesting. So I have, a, I, my guess about that is that if there is any meaning to it, which I'm not sure that there is, um, mm-hmm. that like Paul by following his vision that's the hand and then after he created that by build oh the religion is the hand <laughs> and then after mm-hmm. he created it he real he separates and realizes that that's what it is and is now sentient okay <laughs> i think do you know well, what i mean I, I kind of actually now that you mentioned those mummers i think yeah it seems like what he's kind of saying like you guys have, if if he was Paul, let's yeah. just say he was. Yeah, for was hypothetical. Yeah. 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 That he's saying, you guys see me as a god, mm-hmm. but I was just guided by right. the hand of God. Like um, God, God made me do these things. I was just, I'm not a god. I was guided by the hand of God. Right? Like, I don't really have the, the, I, the yeah. abilities of god i like you right. call me a god because god's hand guided me and i mm-hmm. think that's kind of what the mummers are saying right like the sentient you're you're only sentient after the sentient hand has done its business meaning that the sentient hand has like was touched really the you. sentient one you yeah. weren't sentient right the the hand made you do you're a puppet you're a meat puppet yeah yeah and the hand is the controller Attached mm-hmm. to God. Yeah. Yeah. The merit- God's got his hand up your butt. <laughs> up your butt. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's getting mummified. <laughs> <laughs> so did he just find this hand? <laughs> I know. That's what I'm wondering, too. And he's like, oh, this will be great for the next time I say hand of God. Hand of God. <laughs> Such as he keeps this. telling the Fremen that he's with, and the guy's like, "Yeah, it's great. It's real funny. <laughs> it's awesome." Yeah, he's <laughs> like, "Can I just get back to my family?" So yeah, this place was was crazy. Everybody is on one. They're all confused and reaching towards heaven because they have nothing else to do these days. Yes, yeah. it says some took him to mean that the hand was Muad'Dib's, which mm-hmm. makes me think that those people are just like don't. 
get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like at the discussion they're having afterwards, is like, and then he showed that hand. That's Moadib's hand, right? That was like his hand, and we're we're gonna worship that now. <laughs> but he. But he is also Muad'Dib, and he seemed to have both his hands. So maybe he can also just kind of make hands. <laughs> That's part of his power. Yeah, but it was not the last time his voice was heard. It'd be wild if it was. Like, if that's the only time that he shows up and there's no mention of him in the rest oh, of the book. Oh, that would be baller. <laughs> just this wild guy with a hand, and there's no like he never yeah they maybe they even like they're like hmm you know we haven't heard much about the preacher lately (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the book the twins are like hey where are we supposed to go find that (laughs) the guy with a hand yeah they're drinking pies on caladan (laughs) well what do you think i i guess i don't think this guy is paul but i I kind of do i don't know yeah i think that it's almost too much like, they're really pushing him being Paul too much for it to be Paul. But that also yeah. could be, like, a trick. They could be, you know, Frank Frank Herbert could be trying to, like, convince us that, oh, we think it's not Paul. Right. Because it, I'm insisting He's it is Paul. He's way too Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's why it's surprising that he is Paul. <laughs> that's what I got by the end. That's exactly what I thought at the end. <laughs> it was yeah. like, I'm feeling like... It's way too on the nose that it's Paul, but I'm feeling like it's so on the mm-hmm. nose that it's Paul. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that it must be Paul. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, even if it's not the real Paul, his purpose is to um, destroy what Paul created. Well, it'll be an interesting mystery to unravel. Yes, we've got the preacher, we've got Jakku, mm-hmm. we've still got those lions. Oh, yeah. The laser, the, ti- the laser tigers. The laser tigers. <laughs> <laughs> the laser, t- laser tiger. So there's much to look forward to in the next four yes. chapters. Next yes. time on Sand. <laughs> yes, we will do the next four chapters. Once again, we'd love to hear from you. Sandthepodcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com. We're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Rate, review, five stars, please. Would love yeah. it. <laughs> We would love five stars. We would on love it. Apple Podcast. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to give us one star, just don't bother. Don't you bother. know, we're not asking for one star reviews. That's your yeah. right, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. You're allowed to do whatever you want if you hate us that much. Yeah. But that's not what this request It's more for a five star. We're thinking Yeah, we're asking stars. for five stars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just to be kind of clear about this. Yeah. That, yeah. that we it's not a joke we don't we're not like haha but really only give us one star. Right. We're saying we want five stars. So until next time to the illustration <laughs> <laughs> Okay goodbye <laughs> Okay bye